I'm Dave Mays, and this is Collect Call with Suge Knight. What you're about to hear are conversations, raw and uncut, with the legendary founder of Death Row Records. He's currently serving a 28-year sentence in California State Prison. His honesty, vulnerability, and current state of mind will all be heard in this groundbreaking podcast series, featuring conversations with me and many other guests who have agreed to accept Suge's Collect Call. Suge will be putting periods to all question marks while answering everything hip-hop fans worldwide want to know. History will be made and documented in real time each week on Collect Call with Suge Knight. Suge and I both want to hear from you, so if you have any questions or input, please be sure to contact us at Breakbeat Media, authentically hip-hop. Welcome to Collect Call with Suge Knight. This is Global Tell Link. You have a prepaid call from Suge Knight. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. To accept this call, style 5 now. Dave, don't talk bad about Pac because he's not here. People want to say Pac was a punk. He was scary. He was this. No, he wasn't. How was that? It was a situation that happened in Atlanta. Before the shit happened to, to, to Floyd, George Floyd. Take the uniform off of that police officer. Just have a man with his knee on another man's neck. There would already be an arrest. This is murder. The cops beat the shit out of George Floyd, choked him out and killed him. Right? The cops were beating the shit out of a black man in Atlanta. Pac told him to stop beating the man, he's gonna kill him. They didn't listen. Pac got his gun and started shooting at him. They stopped beating the man, he saved his life. Shakur had five arrests in 1993 alone, including one on aggravated assault charges stemming from an Atlanta shootout with off-duty police officers. That case was dismissed. How many motherfuckers wanna talk bad about Pac would do that though? They have a total stranger getting the shit beat, I'm about to get uh, killed by the police and he hadn't done anything wrong. How many people would do that? Yeah. Yeah. So all these tough motherfuckers was, oh, he wasn't tough. He wasn't trying to act tough. He was a positive man. He was about his people. I mean, we represent that many votes. If we can represent that many votes, we got to let these politicians be scared of us. Same way, I'm a positive man. I ain't perfect. I'm about my people. I'm about any motherfucker in the inner cities who trying to get better and do something better. Let, let's let's talk about. I didn't start off on third base and thought I hit a trip. Let's let's talk about that with Pop and you, because because you know, a lot of people think about Pac and they try to make it seem like you know he was just a wannabe thug and he was promoting this gangster, you know, this image and you and him, but. Like, you know, what I see is when Pac died, that's the time when hip hop changed from being something that was a positive, socially, politically conscious, empowering movement into what it's evolved into today, where really social consciousness is such a small part of hip hop today. That's not true. 
That's not true. Well, Pac died, number one. Tupac Shakur. Tupac Shakur is in critical condition after two rounds of surgery in Las Vegas. He was shot several times over the weekend in a drive-by attack. It was a big blessing. Not saying it wasn't a blessing for you to live longer or whatever. With Pac brought to hip-hop, and with all eyes on me and being a part of Death Row, being my little brother, it was the best thing for hip-hop. Yeah, because he showed that you can express yourself and of any way you want to. It might be, hip-hop supposed to be your expression, how you feel. No rules, gloves off. So, Black showed the people that you can express yourself and talk about shit that you want to talk about. You don't got to play it safe and kiss ass. It's a lot of people back in the day, you got to remember one thing. Back in the day, you couldn't be a rapper and be gay. It was a whole bunch of rappers dressing up at night with lipstick and panties on. And Pac didn't have a problem exposing them. Or Pac didn't have a problem talking shit about somebody. Look, Pac did a song, get him up. How aggressive is that? Who shot me but your pumps didn't finish? Now you're about to feel the wrath of a minute. At the same time, this motherfucker do a, 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 a do a song about love. At the same time, Pac stood for what he believed in, no matter what. And you look at it, Pac is like the a better than the Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe syndrome. When people say how beautiful, one of the beautiful women in the world, they think about Marilyn Monroe singing happy birthday to the motherfucking president who a bitch who was fucking the president, the president's brother, and the head mafia motherfucker getting the bread. Running that shit, you know what I mean? Who bought a, a young woman with no career, bought a house in Beverly Hills, shit. Fuck. Was a motherfucker. When you when you close your eyes and you think about Pac, you don't think about, damn, Pac can put on seventy five pounds. He he, he got a gut now. We have to a six pack. Oh, look at the gray on him. Oh, look how his voice changed. Oh, you you don't think about that because he left the world at his best. Not only did he lead the world at his best. Pac still lives today. If you walk, if you can ask a female artist, who's your favorite rapper? Who's your influence? A lot of them gonna say Tupac. You ask a male artist, most of them gonna say Tupac. That's a big, big plus to have a blessing that you live forever. Naturally, people gonna want to say. Pac wanted to leave Death Row, but that's so far from the motherfucking truth. The same motherfuckers that claim they knew Pac at their best and they loved him is the same motherfuckers that we gave stuff to them so they can remind themselves of Pac and they sold it for a dollar. Regardless of his auntie, a ring she probably stole, his father for a suit or a shirt, you know. But overall, Pac gave the world itself. Overall, 
Pac asked motherfuckers he wanted to die. Pac didn't want to go back to prison to no motherfucking body. He didn't want to live in a cage. He can't remember one thing. When you're a celebrity, you're a high-profile person. You can have people that love you, and you're going to have people that hate you. It's not going to be in between. It's going to be a police might like him, but it's going to be a police that hate him. So his time, is that's naturally going to be harder than the average person doing time. It means no name motherfuckers that nobody know of. Pocket left the world at a time that he blessed the world with his presence. And I think we're going to learn and try to stop these youngsters from falling in the same bucket. I don't have a problem to, if it's going to make a difference, and we're going to make things better with the hip hop, I have a positive conversation with any motherfucking body in hip hop. And I don't give a fuck who it is. I don't care if it's Puffy or the next motherfucker. I don't want to see no motherfucker in hip hop be in prison. For what? Who cares if it's true or not true? Let these motherfuckers stay on the streets and live their life. How do you think hip hop and the world, for that matter, would be different today if pop had lived? Well, if Pac was still here, I think we probably been involved Universal or Sony or uh, built our own distribution company. Uh, we definitely would have been doing a thing. My vision would have always been we need a union for hip hop. They got one, they got retirement and, and health care and, and dental for basketball players, football players, even truck drivers, police. Why hip-hop don't have one? Why is it that if it's Aretha Franklin or Shaka Khan or Gladys Knight or, you know, any other artist, R&B or hip-hop, you know, or whoever, it could be a rapper. It could be motherfucking uh, Young MC. At the same time, if they put out an album that did successful, they was in the game one year, two years, five years, ten years, they should get a pension for the rest of their life with medical and dental, right? Yeah. Because look how much money, look at all these billions of billions of billions of dollars that hip-hop brings. Look at all the executives at these major companies as uh, billionaires because of hip-hop. Not because they put the time into it. Not because they work harder than people like myself or the Rough Riders or Bad Boy or any other label or Cash Money Murdering, you know, we can go on and on and on. But there's no retirement for the artist. Jaru should be getting a check for the rest of his fucking life. Ashanti should get a check for the rest of her fucking life. Salt and pepper. Tretch. Tretch is one of the baddest motherfuckers in the world. Not even by nature, Tretch. It's Scarface. Those two bad motherfuckers. Those motherfuckers is a whole, a whole nother motherfucking level. Tretch is by far the most talented motherfucker in the world. And Scarface. Yeah. But they contributed to fucking uh, um, hip hop. They should get checks every month, at least 20, 30 grand a month of pitching. If a, if, a, if an NFL football player plays five years, he get a check for the rest of his life. So why these guys can't get a check for the rest of their life? They bring more money to the uh, table than the NFL guys as an athlete. They got more influence. Yeah, I, I, I look at it like... Why we got to fight against each other instead of help each other? I, I look at it, you know, it's this 50-year of hip hop, all this stuff going on. And yeah, hip hop has, has, has accomplished a lot. It's, it's changed a, a lot of people's lives individually. 
Um, it's come a long way. But like you said, if we think about... I mean, how many people's lives have they really... A day? That's what I'm saying. How many people's lives that's have they really I'm, changed? That's what I'm saying. If you, think, if you think about the billions and billions of dollars that, that hip-hop has made... Listen to this, day. Check this yeah. out. Listen to listen to this, Dave. Listen, explain this to you. Say you say you can name a hundred or a thousand great rappers, right? And only three or four people can say how much it changed their life. That's a low. That's a low average. Yeah, but that's that's what I mean. How that's many? Not- how many? Listen to this. How many kids? Okay, if you you have a motherfucker that started off working for the mailroom for one of these companies, all of a sudden he's the president. Hip hop changed. They family life forever. But you know why? When his kids and grandkids grow up, they're going to be able to work for a record company, regardless of Universal, Sony, Capitol Records, and whoever, right? They're going to be able to get a job there and benefit off what we, off what we, what we did from the streets. But if one of these, if one of these street guys or somebody who, or a rapper, again, so... Right now, if Scarface call and say, "Hey, Universal, uh, Sony, uh, Atlantic, I did this, I did this, I did some shit with you. My son wants to work in A and R, or my son wants to be up with promotions. They gonna laugh at him." But let the guy who should be working in the mailroom want his son or his grandson to work there. They gonna give him a big job. Kept clear, probably a car to drive, a company car, and everything else. Yeah. Well, well, that's 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 the point I was getting at because this this was you know something that was been my motivation for all these years. You know, creating the Source magazine and Source Awards and 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 what I was trying to build with that for so many years, and what I'm still trying to build and bring back now with with Breakbeat is you know hip hop was in, on a course to change the world in a, in a more substantial way. You know, all these billions and billions of dollars that hip hop has been generating now for so many years. And we look at the conditions out here in the hood and the conditions of, of so many, you know, black folks in poverty. I mean, you know, we you talk about George Floyd, you know, and how things haven't changed from NWA and fuck the police. I mean, that's the part that a lot of people don't understand. And that's the part that to me... Okay, how about, okay, how about easy? Look, how about easy? Let's, let's talk about easy. Yeah. Easy wanted to kill Shook himself. He just wanted to kill Shook. And Jerry talked him out of it. Easy do, Easy did big things for hip hop. Yes, he did. Okay. Now, people want to use Easy name to benefit themselves. Only thing y'all did for Easy is what? Do a diss record and talk about him. Get, get his face tattooed on your name that make you popular, but you never met the man or you never did nothing for his family. I did something for Easy that would have made him a billion dollars. I wasn't just, I just didn't do it on the strength. I did it because I liked him, but we and me and him made a deal. 
He said, man, you help me out with this deal. I'm going to look out for you and give you some of the money. I give, I give you half or 20, uh, 25 cents off a dollar. I said, that's cool. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I did a deal for Eric. Where? Not off me. Not off death row. He gets a dollar off of anything that Dre does. In other words, if you do a movie, if you do a beat, if you promote a, some type of merchandise, if he uh, do a commercial, if he produce, off his party, he gets a dollar. When Easy died, Tamika stepped in that plate. Tamika met with Interscope, and Interscope said, hey, why do you want to get a dollar off of everything Dre does? Then you can do business like that. Find off it and just let Dre out of it. We're going to do business later. She signed off. They ain't did no business with that bitch later. And guess what? That fuck easy kids, his mama, his death the time the father was still living, just fucked his family. And if he would have gave her a dollar, easy family, like the contract says that I did, not, not even counting my part, that's a dollar, right? He'd have got a dollar off Beats. He'd have got a dollar off Eminem's album, 50 Cent album, James album, anything else. His own album. So why would a person give that up for nothing? So, you tell me what's fair or what's not fair. Uh, we got a lot more ground to cover, man. All this 50-year hip-hop stuff going on. I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to ask you about hip hop and when when you first heard it and, and when you first really fell in love with hip hop, man, because, you know, it's, it's been your life, so. I had a homeboy. I grew up on a street called Orchard in Compton on the east side. I had a homeboy named. Michael Tate, we was the same age, and his brother was like three years older than us. They grew up on Stockton, around the corner from us, from me. So, um, <clears throat> in school, high school rather, you know, that's the most popular place when you really, especially when you were young, when you first turned 15, 16, you know. In those days, that's when you really start thinking you're a man, you really understand where you're coming from or where you're trying to go. So, one day I go to this track meet at the high school. You know, the track meets are where all the girls be at, everybody be at, you know. That's where you, you make your mark, you know, that's your reputation, <clears throat> how you show up. So I'm walking up the stairs to, to go to the track meet. It's packed. And I figure, you know, it's going to be some motherfuckers from different neighborhoods. And we're going to get into it, have a few fights, and everybody talk about it for a few days, you know? So I see this crowd around. And I'm like, okay, it's already going. Then when I got closer, they were playing the Sugar Hill game, you know? The hip-hop song, you know? <laughs> that famous song right there. Rappers Delight. Every motherfucker in the, in the, in the, yeah. Rappers Delight, to be exact. See, I am 
Every person in the bleachers was enjoying himself. And the motherfucker had on, he was always mostly blue, but it's, you know, I'm framed up. A few other people got different shit on. It's people who might normally be getting into it. And they're not even thinking about that shit. They watching the home uh, dance. So right after the light playing, he started pop locking. He started like moonwalking before Michael Jackson was even doing that. Motherfucker was doing that shit, hitting, hitting that shit so good it was just unbelievable. Every person in the in the stance was happy. You know what I mean? All the girls were dancing and, and shouting. All the you know, we all the men thinking they cool. You know what I'm saying? But for that moment, it took everybody away from the ghetto. We weren't in the ghetto no more. Everybody was somewhere, you know, in White mm -hmm. World, in Malibu, some motherfucker were at a beach party having a great time. The way the homie was pop locking and moonwalking like he was walking on clouds. Like, this is some powerful shit. So at that point, you know, hip hop had me on lock. That was uh, the first time again uh, when I when I realized how powerful hip hop was. I was in college. I'm in college, want to capture the football team, you know, popular motherfucker at school. And we used to have these parties uh, at the football game and, you know, events and houses and everybody playing the radio, even though it's a cassette player and a record player, the radio playing, right? And, you know, majority of the only blacks was really there was the athletes. So you can play football or basketball, you know? Everybody else is white, all the white students. With the money, and they just have kegs of beer. I mean, I walk in the party, and they turn the radio down. All the white girls say, oh, oh my God, shoot here, shoot here, right? And I'd be like, yep, all three of us. They turn the radio down some more. They said, say that again? I said, yeah, all three of us. They were like, no, there's you. Where's the other two? And I dig in my pocket and I pull out a cassette. I'd be like, it's me and run DMC. And they'd go crazy. Should that run? Should that run? And I'd go over there and put that motherfucker cassette in and turn up loud. And they drinking beer and we partying all night. I'm guaranteed going to have a threesome that night. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. So that's when I know, you know, hip hop was that motherfucker powerful. Then they had the fat boys and all that shit. I say it all the time, you know, shit. Hip hop started on the on the East Coast, but it was made on the West Coast, you know? Shit. For its labels concerned, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's hip hop. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Every time I um, hear somebody's rapping or doing some hip hop right, put a smile on my face. I don't judge the younger generations like, you know, our generation is better than their generation. I just like decent bad motherfuckers. They having fun, and I wish them the best. And I hope they don't have to have the same, make the same mistakes we made. I like to see it go stronger and powerful, and everybody being more controlled. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, you know this um, this podcast we doing. You know, I think uh, it's gonna it's gonna be real powerful. You know, and uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start reaching out to some people, and like I said, people 
So you want to take that collect call from Suge Knight and have some real, some real conversation. Yeah. It's it's really important too, Dave, you know, for as I'm concerned, I'm quite sure you feel the same way. I think it's, um, I want to be there to help. I want to be able to do my part. I'm not um, calling and collect to argue with the next motherfucker, to pound on my chest say I'm better than this motherfucker and all that type of shit. I want to be able to uh, help and make a difference. And I think we can have a conversation with anybody. You know, they don't got to be drunk, get no liquid courage when they call. They don't got to be hired to be tough. Let's call and have a conversation um, and help each other. Past the past, let's deal with now, let's deal with the future. This is why, you know, we're going to do this collect call, man, because, you know, we can clear up a lot of the bullshit that's going around and also, you know, really provide some 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 knowledge and, and some insight, you know, to a lot of these younger people out here uh, that I think can really benefit, you know, from learning the truth about a lot of things in the history of hip hop. And, you know, me and you were right there, you know, like from from damn near from, you know, the beginning of when hip hop really elevated from the underground into the mainstream and where it is, you know, to bring it to where it is today. And, um, you know, I, I love just, you know, the, the way you, you are these days, man. I want I want you to talk about that a little bit. I mean, um, you know, it's no, no secret. You, you know, you've been uh, in prison now, what, eight or nine years? And, um, nine years, nine, nine years, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talk about that. What, 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 it's a blessing, you know, though. Talk about that. What, I mean, I think what it's um, like for you? A, lot of, a lot of times... A lot of times people say um, they see a thing like it's a tragedy. A lot of times it's a blessing in disguise, you know. And I'm my own worst critic. I'm harder on myself. I push myself more than anybody else can push me. And sometimes when you're out there and you're supposed to slow down, sometimes you got to regroup, get your health better, get back in shape, stay focused, realize it's really important to you. And... You move so fast in life, you know, you never really understand what's going on, what's not going on. But when I when I came to um, when I went to the county jail, it was a really uh, situation that let me know that they don't have a problem about fucking over you. I was in the county jail and. They took my uh, visits. I couldn't visit nobody. I, well, couldn't nobody visit me. I couldn't use the phone. Uh, no mail. And if I wanted to hire an attorney or somebody to help me with my case, they had to get approved by county counsel, which is the sheriff's attorney, the DA, and the judge. So a lot of times they say, no, I can't have this lawyer. I can't have that lawyer. Or I can't get nobody. I can't... Um, they gave me a bail, but they turned the bail bonds away 23 times. And, you know, I lost my mother when I was in jail. And, you know, my mother, we was closer than close. So when I was, you know, four and five years old, I used to drink coffee with my mother and watch stories with her. I was mama's boy, you know? So 
But I always, I, I felt that I was a great son. I took care of my mother. When I was young, I did things to make my mother proud. The minute I got to be able to make money, I took care of my mother for it. She never wanted for nothing. She knew I loved her and so did everyone else. So when I lost my mother, yeah, it hit home. One of the reasons I did lose my mother, it was part of the county jail. Because even when I did time back in the day, if Mother's Day fell on a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday, whatever day it fell on, my mother was gonna come visit me. She ain't gonna be with my other siblings or nobody else, she gonna spend Mother's Day with me. So when I was in the county jail, they said, fuck with my mother so much. So one day she, she finally got a visit back and she was able to talk to me five minutes. They ran out there on my mother and like 10, 15 shares, treated her real bad and fucked over basically. And she went from the county jail to the hospital. So the time she was in the hospital, she got the lawyer, she got to say, well look, I need to talk to my son. What's the difference between me talking to him behind a glass on the phone they're recording than him calling me because I got a feeder in the hospital and I can't, they won't let me leave the hospital. So she kept trying to get her clothes and leave the hospital and all those kinds of things, right? And my mother died. Man. I wasn't allowed to sorry, go to the funeral. It's been a few years, man, but I'm, I'm sorry to, for your loss and have to deal with that, you know, from, from behind bars and not even being able to, to get out to go to the funeral or nothing. Yeah, but you know, it's like this. You go through a lot of things in life, but everything happens for a reason any way you look at it. And when you truly know the difference between actually knowing God and what the universe is about then being lost is that you don't make excuses. When you have God and you know what this universe is about, fuck some excuses. Wherever you get, you deal with. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. The reason why I thank God every day because if there's 5,000 motherfuckers in this prison, I'm doing better than 4,499. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna be in last place. That's a blessing within itself. I wanna be a person that, I'm a man that if I make a mistake, I own my shit. If I did something wrong, I own my shit. But I'd rather be able to keep the, the younger generation get some shit done than be soaps about it. I don't have nothing bad to say about nobody out there. I don't give a fuck if motherfucker saying shit about me, whatever you want to say. Shit. God bless you. You know what I mean? Whatever you say once, say it twice and in my face. The other thing is that it's important that uh, we deal. There's a lot of things that um, I think about when I'm in here. And one of the things that constantly makes me think about a lot of things is I think that every person, West Coast, East Coast, down South, Midwest, 
everybody constantly losing people with their loved ones to violently on the streets, especially in the industry. And I remember um, I always gave parties and stuff for the for, for my people in the industry, and we had a show at the awards one time, and Blackstreet was on the um, awards performing. We got uh, Bill Bellamy was the host from it. The Blackstreet on stage, MC8, and quick, I'm on the stage too, I'm beside the stage, brother. MC8 and Quick had some words. A guy from 60s was with MC8. He said something, Quick said something, a fight broke out. I grabbed the microphone and told him, hey, we don't do this shit in our party, you know, take that shit outside, we don't do that shit in here. So at the end of that day, the other guy lost his life. He got beat up and lost his life. Whatever happened, I wasn't, you know, couldn't see that what the word was. So a lawyer said, if a person can stop the fight, he can start the fight, so they sued me. I could have fought the lawsuit, but at the time, I heard the dude was a good dude, and I heard he had a daughter, a baby, but she was a little girl. So I gave him a quarter of a million dollars for his daughter. Not saying that could bring her father back, not saying that can help her or hurt her, but the least I could do. That's what I felt. So moving forward, I was at a gas station one day on Los Angeles County with Pico. Yeah, Los Angeles Pico right there. Pump some gas. I see a lady. I see a young, young lady with her. The young lady, like, I'm going to go talk to her right now. And the mother was like, nah. I was like, I don't know what it's about, but I'm like, shit, they can talk to me. So a little girl came over and said, hey, my father died at a venture gave. And I, I, you know, he can do my graduation. He can do this. He can do this. You know, why y'all keep my father? So I told her, I said, but I feel bad for you. I really did. I'm a father myself. I said, but your father didn't die. His blood is not on my hands. I said, at the same time, at least I can, I did what best thing I can do. And I stepped to the plate. And I made sure you got a quarter of a million dollars. We have to be in school, we have to do anything else you have to do. She looked sort of shocked because I don't think she knew she kind of record a million dollars, you know? But that being said, I think we can have people call in who who lost, you know, their father, their mother, their brother to 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 violence. Because it's something that sticks with you. And we can talk about it. We can get better. When you take somebody else's life, they going to heaven or they going to hell. But the people who got to deal with it for the rest of their life, somebody's mother, brother, father, husband, is real serious. It's like when people get locked up and be in prison. When you're locked up, you lose your mother. I ain't lost my uncle before uh, being locked up, couldn't go to the funeral. Uh, people lose, you know, some of the guys during time lose their mother, lose their kids. I think we gotta, we gotta, hip hop is so strong of our culture. You have 60 seconds remaining. We can put people in, in you know, to be the president, to be mayors, to be governors. 
They always have. They always use it to get votes. We need to start doing things to make a difference. And we can use our platform to make a difference. I'm not looking to see nobody go to prison. I wouldn't wish this, I want this on anyone. But I'm not a victim. I don't feel sorry for myself. I feel better and stronger every day. And I'm, it's about what I do to help others, not so much what they can do to help me. I live a good life. I'm still living, but I still live an incredible life. It could be worse. I can be one of these guys that's talking about stuff that don't make sense because I never accomplished nothing. I accomplished something. Everything I decided to be involved in, I was the best in. That's a blessing within itself from God.